Welcome to Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. You can find links to all of Phil's resources at philsbaker.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today and take a moment to share this podcast with your friends. Now, here's Phil. All right, well, welcome to episode 87 of Reclaiming the Faith. And here in episode 87, I conclude my interview with my dad, Olin Baker, on the subject of grief. And in part three, Olin discusses several roadblocks we encounter in seeking to grieve in a healthy way. Please go check out Olin's new podcast, Attitudes Answers, on your favorite podcatcher. Also, make sure to become a subscriber and leave a positive rating and review, not only on his channel, but also on mine, Reclaiming the Faith on Apple Podcasts. All of my resources can be found at philsbaker.com, including my a link to my Patreon, patreon.com slash philsbaker, links to my book, my blog, and all of my music. I am blessed to be a part of Omega Frequency with BDK and Kurt. And if you have any questions about what we talk about on Reclaiming the Faith or on Omega Frequency, you can either contact me at email philsbaker at gmail.com or you can contact BDK at theomegafrequency at gmail.com. All right. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get episode 87 rolling. You know, as you've been talking, the book of Jonah keeps coming to my mind. It seems like the book of Jonah is kind of a, uh, and obviously this is like not the main purpose for Jonah, but it's, it's quite a display of many facets of grief. You have some anticipatory grief from Jonah um, when God tells me to go to Nineveh just trying to put myself in Jonah's shoes, I, th- I would think God wants me to go be martyred. These guys are going to kill me. Right. How, how am I going to get out of being killed? There's no way. If I go tell these people to repent who hate my people, they're going to kill me. And so he just runs. And, yeah. and then um, when he's on the boat and the storm comes, He's just like, just, just kill me. It's like he's overwhelmed with the sadness. But then he goes down into the ocean and he starts bargaining. Right. <laughs> you know, if, if you'll save me, I'll serve you forever. I'll fulfill my vows. Right. Then he does what God wants him to do. And they, re- well, he calls him to repent. And then he goes out to like watch these people die. He goes out to watch them like he's got anger. But then... You know, God sends that, uh, that vine over him and he feels good, but then God takes away the vine and he's angry again. He's furious. Right. But he won't have compassion on the people. And God's calling him to have compassion toward the people and just kind of ends with Jonah being stuck. And I'm sure I'm missing a lot of interesting parts in that story, uh, that deal with grief, but 
Um, I think it also highlights a cyclical kind of part of grief or how things can, like anger can show up again or sadness can show up again. All this stuff after him probably being consumed in a lot of ways with himself, um, but not really acknowledging what's really going on. And so you see Jonah stuck at the end. He's stuck. And I think a lot of us get stuck at different times for periods. Like you were talking about some of these stages may last a few minutes and some of it may last years. So another question I have for you is what are some potential roadblocks that we can encounter to to getting to that acceptance and hope place? What are some roadblocks we can encounter? Well, um, a roadblock is an interesting word because it means a barrier, Mm. you know, to me going forward and recovering and becoming the person God can make me at this phase or stage of life. So uh, one of the barriers is is that... um, The pain will go away very quickly. Mm. You know, it'll 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 be gone. All I have to do is ignore it. Mm. You know, so uh, I've refused to pay attention to uh, the pain and suffering that I'm by just being busy, by just getting out there and doing everything and anything to occupy my time. Mm. So I'm ignoring a normal process that's going through. Yeah. You know, I could not ignore the fact that my knee was recovering mm-hmm. and that it was going to take months for it to really recover. So I had to acknowledge that and nurture it. Mm. But sometimes when a people big say um, they're... Uh, believe the pain will go away immediately. Mm. And it will do that because I can ignore it so effectively that I don't feel it. Mm. And so if um, that's that's not a good process, that's blocking it um, uh, because it does exist. It's a normal process. And if I work with it and if I flow with it, you know, flow is a good word. Mm. And we learn to flow with life. Yeah. You know, my job demands that I be at work at at 7.30 every morning. And I began to adjust to that flow Mm. so that I arrive on time, I do what I'm supposed to do, and then I go home. Yeah. Life flows, and we have to flow with the reality of grief. And another barrier that we might think of is um, believing I am strong enough uh, that I don't have to accept it. Mm that I have such strong emotions and drive that it will not work on me the way it does with other people. Mm. So 
we, it's good to be strong. God intended for us to be strong and to, you know, stand up to whatever life comes our way. But we're not strong enough to ignore or believe that uh, this is not going to affect me. So uh, I can't, I have to not erect that barrier. Um, I, I, I can ref, another barrier is that I refuse to show sadness or tears. Mm. I'm not going to cry about this. Mm. I refuse to cry about this. Yeah. Um, I'm, people will think I'm weak, you know, but it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to show tears. It's okay to be sad. It's, it's okay to be angry. You know, we can manage that. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Mm. And that's what can become a barrier mm. that I'm afraid for people to see how I really am. But he said, I have given you in place of, I have not given you this spirit of fear, but I have given you a spirit of love mm-hmm. and power mm-hmm. and self-control or self-management. Yeah, I can manage my grief, not by ignoring it or being strong enough to, that I don't have to face it, but if 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 I have love for myself, you know it's really interesting that when Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment, you know they're testing him out, and he said, "You know what it is? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your being." Mm-hmm. And the second is like unto it is similar to love your neighbor as yourself. And most people don't think that through very clearly. How much are we supposed to love ourselves? How much love are we to feel for ourselves? Well, most people don't think about that, but they love themselves. They they eat good, healthy food. You know, they try to get enough sleep. Uh, they try to get uh, enough exercise to help them along. But uh, at this point where I'm grieving, I can show enough love for myself that I permit Jesus to comfort me rather than I don't need Jesus to comfort me. I don't need anybody to comfort me. See, that's a barrier to to uh, recovery. Um, there's, there's a couple of others, um, and that's similar to the others. It's just believing that grief should be quick and over with. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be that way for the majority of people. Uh, I give it permission to last for a week. <laughs> and after a week, I'm out of here. I'm going to do what I want to do, go where I want to go, be what I want to be. And uh, 
And another barrier is thinking we don't need other people's help. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's really interesting that when my my mother, when my dad died, my mother lived by herself out on this little farm. And there were people in the community. Now, if you think there's this whole little farming community is made up of about 600 people, but there's always a group of people who feel called to help minister to other people who have experienced a loss. Mm. And so this group of women would invite my mother. They would come and pick up my mother to go places and do things. Mm. Um, she she um, couldn't drive herself around. So this group of women really played a significant role in helping my mother get through a period of loneliness, and um, and she was welcoming those people. Mm-hmm. But a barrier is when I can't do it. I got to wash the dishes. I can't go to the to the ladies' meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, any old excuse just to avoid people. That kind of avoidance behavior prolongs and is a roadblock to healing and becoming the person God intended. You know, uh, as you're you're listing these roadblocks, two things that keep coming to my mind are, like you're talking about that spirit of fear and how that leads to pride. Because I'm, I'm scared maybe of expressing to other people because I'm scared maybe this will never go away and nothing can change it. I've just got all this, this fear, anxiety about it. I'm going to lean on my own understanding, trust in myself with all my heart to try to make my path straight to get through this. And that's the opposite of what God says. You know, we're supposed to not lean on our own understanding in every way acknowledge him, what he says is right. His path is right. And part of that is leaning on other people, depending on other people. Part of that is mourning, allowing ourselves to mourn, uh, thinking his thoughts. It's not going to be over right away. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the exception to the rule, but it's also not gonna last forever necessarily. You know, like God can help me um, not get over it, but um, heal through it. And so, I don't know, there's such a battle in the mind and in the emotion. Exactly. And with grief. That's where we have to um, do battles sometimes is with the uh, restrictions that we place on ourselves. You know, another interesting verse that, Jesus expressed was, come unto me, mm-hmm. all of you who are in uh, carrying heavy burdens, yeah. who are loaded down, um, who uh, just feel disenfranchised. Mm. You know, 
Come unto me, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you direction, mm. you know, on, on where to go. Because we do need other people to help us get through these phases and stages of, of, of life. Yeah. Um, another barrier is refusing to think about the other person. Mm. you know, that we've lost or whatever. Just refusing to remember those who are gone. I'm putting them totally out of my mind, out of my memory. Uh, if I could get a, a procedure that would erase everything in my brain, I would do that. But I'm not going to remember these people. I'm, um, but we have to remember people. Yeah. God designed our brain to remember. And so it's okay to, uh, there's a word, and it's a negative word, it's called ruminate. Mm. Uh, but we can catch ourselves ruminating too much. Mm. And, and that's all we're doing is thinking about the past. Yeah. But God wants us to think in the present time. Yeah. What is before me this day to do that's good and healthy and um, right for me today? Where, do, where, What plans can I make for myself in the future? And I, I like the way my grandmother handled it. I'm not going to stay here in this house away uh, out in the country and away from everybody else. I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to be with my children. And I'll, I'll just stay one month with each of them. Mm. And I'll get through 10 months of the year that way. So uh, that was healthy for her. It was good. And it was good for the little grandchildren that she would uh contact and each they gave them a chance to get to know their grandmother uh, and to listen to stories that she would tell instead of isolating be with people she loved to tell stories both of my grandmothers were great storytellers mm -hmm. and I love to be around them and so that's what you can do you if you are in grief and you're suffering from a lot of uh, sadness, uh, one of the ways is to what is called journaling, mm. that you can write out stories mm. instead of refusing to think about it because it will make me sad if I think about it and I don't want to feel sad and I'm not going to feel sad. Yeah. You know, but I can write stories about you know, about sad times and good times. And those will help me process the grief that I feel. Yeah, it's so interesting you were talking too about grief share, that there's so much power in story and uh, how hearing other people's story help us make sense of our story, help us find hope in our story by hearing other people's story. It's like, it's, it's oftentimes the difference between on Sunday mornings hearing a, a sermon, like a 30-minute sermon, and hearing 
a 10-minute testimony and how oftentimes it's hearing those testimonies that are so much more powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. So we need to, there's, there's, there's power in that community that God has designed to help us mourn. Um, and God calls us to mourn with those who mourn. There's, exactly. there's healing there. Yeah. Come unto me, all of you who are having heavy burdens, mm-hmm. and I'll give you rest. Yeah. Um, another barrier, I think, that's really important to uh, think about and process is believing that God does not care. Mm. God does not care about me personally, or he would not have allowed me to be in this awful, terrible, heartbreaking place where I am right now. Mm. Um, so how do you come combat that? Um, how to combat that with the truth. Yeah. You know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish from the face of the earth. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that they would never die. It means that they would never perish. Their soul would be eternally with God. Mm. When Jesus resurrects us and brings us to himself, it's a demonstration of God's love for us. You were talking about that word ruminate earlier, and uh, that's kind of a a more uh, English version of what Paul says in, in in Greek in Philippians four, when he you know he's in suffering, and he's been suffering a lot, and he's been telling the Philippians that they're undergoing the same kind of suffering that he's in. So he's writing to people that are going through it. And he tells them to dwell or to ruminate on things, eight different things. And the first thing he says is to ruminate, to dwell on what's true. And so it is true that I'm hurt. You know, we can say it is true that I have this pain. This was done, this happened. But it's also true, like you're saying, that God is good. Everything he does is good. God does love me. God is very uh, well acquainted with what's going on in me. In fact, he is a man. Jesus was well acquainted with sorrows, well acquainted with grief. But he knows what it's like to go through what I'm going through. And that's one of the things that we find in community, other people know. Like one of the things that I've, I've seen, and obviously you've been doing ministry work way longer than me, but one of the lies that I see everybody believe in, just about everybody believe in at some point in their life is no one knows what it's like to go through what I'm going through. I'm all alone in this. You know? And that is, um, if we're, we'll not just um, voluntarily shut ourselves down or away from other people. There will be people that will care about you Our church has a prayer ministry Mm -hmm. that those people love to pray for you, Mm -hmm. you know, and they will not only pray for you, but they will talk to you and they will be um, 
a bomb in Gilead, a, right. a, a, a medication. Yeah, a healing ointment. Yes, that will God will use to help you get through the darkness of the days when grief is so strong and um, painful as it is, but... God provides mercy and kindness and gentleness and all of the works of the Spirit, mm. the love, joy, and peace that's available and the kindness and the gentleness and uh, his uh, faithfulness to you, all of those fruit of the Spirit, mm. as uh, the Bible talks about, is there for you if you're willing to uh, reach out and let other people love you and care for you. And that's a way of showing self-care. We have to take care of ourselves. And in grief, it may be very hard to do initially. But part of self-care is when you can begin to let other people know what you're really thinking and feeling and needing and wanting, and you let them be with you. They may not know what to do. You know, um, one of the hardest things to do sometimes with people that are really grieving is knowing what to do. Mm. But it's not so much what you do, it's who you are with them. Yeah. And the fact that you care about them enough to just stand with them. Yeah, I mean, that's like the Jewish practice of sitting shiva, where you just sit with someone and not say a word, but just being there with someone who's grieving. And if they want to talk, that's great. But just you being there has an impact, a positive impact on them. Absolutely. You weep with those sometimes who are weeping. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus, one of the shortest little verses in the Bible is that Jesus wept. Right. Because he was grieving uh, for those who were grieving. Yeah. Who were lost, who was... um, And maybe uh, didn't even realize that they were lost. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's sad. But, you know, one of the resources that... Uh, is out there for people is your blog. You, know, you have a great blog called Attitudes Answers, which um, you know people can find it at uh, attitudesanswers.blogspot.com, and uh, it's got decades of material you know that you're putting out. Um, right. And uh, would you mind telling the folks a little bit about? about your blog, Attitudes Answers? Well, the the blog comes from my radio program that I do on uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the afternoon at 5.45 on KHCB Christian Radio. And that's 105.7 in Houston. Here in Houston. And uh, you can access that online and get all the information if you want to. Um, but the blog spot um, um, is um, an exact duplicate 
of what was on the radio. Yeah. And um, um, and that goes back more than 20 years, right? Well, Not the blog, but all those programs. All those programs go back 30 years. Yeah. It's hard to believe that. that yeah. Although that started in um, 89, <laughs> you know, when I first started doing that type of radio program. Yeah. Um, God, it's amazing what God presents for you, what he calls you to do and be mm. that you would have never imagined. Right. You know, at an earlier point in your life, like in childhood, I wanted to be a Air Force jet pilot. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, pilot one of those little airplanes that can break the sound barrier easy, yeah. you know, and do all of this stuff. But God didn't intend for me to do that. He had something much better. Yeah. And he, he called me to be a counselor. He called me to do this radio program. And that happened as it was meant to happen in God's time and place. And then this blog uh, spot. Um, you have helped me a lot with that <laughs> yourself to getting it set up and uh, getting it available for people to see. And what it is, it's a, a duplication of what was heard on the radio. And it addresses uh, different issues that people face. Um, <clears throat> it goes on sometimes under the heading Making Choices for Positive Change, mm -hmm. a series that goes in series, uh, Building Bridges. Yeah. You know, we're constantly building bridges for something, mm. you know, and not in a literal sense, but, sure. but emotional bridges, spiritual yeah. bridges, intellectual, cognitive, intelligent ways of relating to people. And um, we're, um, uh, I did a lot, all the, uh, during that 30 years, I did lots of programs. Yeah. And so it's like um, uh, we're recycling those under uh, a blog spot yeah. and we get people that um, read those and it's on several different places. and. But you can get to it by just um, going can, to attitudes answers, answers dot blogspot dot com uh, dot com. Yeah, and, and they can subscribe to you there so they don't miss it. That's right. Yep. And you can just there's a, a lot of those programs on there that you can read and um, I invite people to just try it and see what you think. Yeah, absolutely, and and you still do uh, some counseling. You're doing it uh, over Zoom, and so if people, maybe there's someone out there who needs to talk to somebody, and uh, they could contact you at your email at olenbakerlpc at gmail.com. That's right. Yep. And um, I will get back to you, and... Um, Leave me a message so I can uh, understand what this is about, and if, and I will get back with you. Yeah, and I apologize. It's not over Zoom. It's over FaceTime. If I yeah, correct. FaceTime, or I do. 
Um, one of my clients uh, informed me that she's moving uh, away to another city, and uh, could we please do this via phone? Yeah. Do counseling via the phone or FaceTime, or it's possible that I could do um, a Zoom. Yeah. As well, God just provides for our needs. Yeah. According to His supply. That's right. You know, so He's got a good supply. Yeah, He does. Cattle on a thousand hills, right? Um, are there are there any final words of advice or encouragement that you'd have for our listeners today? Well, just to know that grief is normal. Mm. That everyone will grieve because every person alive will eventually have a loss, mm. different kinds of losses. And those can be very significant and important. And it's important to allow yourself the privilege of being ministered to, mm. of um, letting Jesus be a comfort to you, letting other people be a comforting uh, body for you and a listening post. You know, everybody needs to be listened to. Yeah. So you too can really, as you begin to heal from grief, you can be a help to other people. Uh, There's a a book called The Wounded Healer. Oh, yeah, right. You know, so... Henry Nowen. Even though you have been severely wounded and uh, by loss in your life, you can be a help to other people. Yeah. And so uh, Jesus would call you blessed, Mm. you know, for being willing to be... uh, uh, a help to other people, a minister to other people. Oh, that's great. I mean, that was that was making me think of, uh, I think it's Viktor Frankl who wrote uh, Man's Search for Meaning and did logotherapy. He was uh, in Auschwitz, but uh, there as a Jew, but found purpose in that time of grief by helping other people find purpose but for each day. He believed, uh, Viktor Frankl believed that there's something important to be gained Mm. every day of life. Right. Now, that was when he was in one of those concentration camps. He was a Jew, Mm -hmm. but he was a doctor. He was a psychiatrist. Yeah. And uh, they used him a lot. They abused him a lot, too, Mm. and... But he believed that God's purpose could be found every day, Mm. regardless of if he was out in freezing cold weather uh, digging a hole for something, that that was purposeful. And it was where he he was just where God wanted him to be. And that sounds awful to but that's how he survived. And he helped other people survive that way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's really great. Thank you so much for doing this interview, Dad. This is, uh, 
this has been a great blessing to me, and I, I know it's going to be a great blessing to everybody else because it's such a relevant topic that we all go through. Well, thank you for inviting me, and thank you for asking. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, you too. Love you. Love you too.